Morning. Well, thank God we're here the first Sunday after what I consider an extremely monumental event in our lives. And that would be the movie The Passion. We heard a lot about it at worship this morning. We heard from many men, which was such a blessing. And I know those men will keep coming and keep testifying to the unrelenting love of our Savior. The title of the message today is a verse of Scripture that was actually in the movie. But next to the cross itself, probably brings the greatest opposition to Christianity from the world. First and foremost, the cross, without a doubt. But the next is this verse of scripture found in John chapter 14, verse 6. No need to turn. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. In that verse of Scripture, Jesus Christ nullifies, cancels all other religions. In that verse of Scripture, there is no room for any other religion, anything other that man may make up. And all other religions are man-made. God mocks man in, I believe it's Isaiah, where he, he just is in amazement that he says man cuts down the tree, chops up half of it, throws it in his oven to warm himself by, and carves the rest of it into a god. And God laughs at man for that. But back to the movie for a second. After seeing that movie, I can say to you this morning with all honesty that my spiritual heart has been enlarged. My appreciation for him has deepened. My gratitude and thankfulness for him has been multiplied from viewing this movie. And here and now I tell you, if you haven't seen the movie, go see the movie. Trust me in this. If some of you might be a little squeamish, don't be. This movie is about our Savior and what he endured for us. My spiritual heart has been enlarged Because of the realization that I saw through the movie of the immense cost to Christ to redeem me and to redeem you. It was immense. The cost was immense. My appreciation for him has deepened because I saw the Alpha and the Omega, the Almighty God, the Creator, The great I am, Jehovah, the eternal God, 
endured the shame, the mockery, the beatings, and the horrific crucifixion for me and for you. And my gratitude and thankfulness has multiplied from viewing this movie because I'm standing here today. I'm standing here today. I have been redeemed. I have been set free because of what Jesus Christ did at Calvary for me. If you know him as your Lord and Savior this morning, it can be the same for you. And if you've seen the movie, I'm sure it is the same for you. That we have been redeemed at such an unmeasurable cost to God. And people are going around saying this movie was too violent. It was too harsh. Well, here's a little news flash. Being crucified is harsh. Being crucified is violent. And I just never knew how much. I read in the history books. I understood intellectually the suffering that takes place, the agony that takes place through crucifixion. But never in my wildest dreams could God show me like he did in this movie. God was behind this movie. God is using this movie. And we are going to see it used in such a miraculous way throughout the world that the people who made it aren't even aware. I understood the Roman Empire. I understood the ruthlessness of their campaigns, their generals, their techniques of warfare, their soldiers, and the severity of take no prisoner. But I had no idea, really, of the viciousness, the bloodthirsty craving until I saw what they did to our Savior in that movie. You say it's too violent, it is too violent. People say it made me uncomfortable. It's not the it's it's not the the the, the, the situation isn't whether we are uncomfortable or not. It isn't about being uncomfortable. It is about what they did to our Savior. This must be understood by each and every Christian. If you've seen the movie, you understand that. If you haven't seen the movie, trust me today, I say it again, go see it, you will understand. I don't care what your stand is on violence. I don't care what your, your, your feeling is about movies. I don't go see R-rated movies. And yet here we are, the oxymoron of the century, from the pulpits, we're telling our, our people to go see an R-rated movie. 
But it's R-rated because of what they did to our Savior. Go see it. You will understand. I'm here to tell you your life will never, ever be the same. It is impossible for it to be the same. I don't like violence. Who does? Only evil, wicked people. But it was violent. I've heard people say they don't like Christianity. It's a bloody religion. It's a bloodthirsty God. Our God is eternal. Our God is holy. Our God is perfect. And he, in his infinite wisdom, has said, I demand a blood sacrifice. He is not a bloody God. He is using blood to redeem mankind who is so evil and so wicked and so stained with sin. That is my reply to them. It is appalling to hear people say things like, there should have been a better way. There should have been some other way. How dare they? How dare they say something so heretical to the core of Calvary, to the core of Christianity? Before we continue, let's just take a moment in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we come before you today and acknowledge who you are, for you are our sovereign God. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the first and the last. You have always been. You shall always be. But we thank you, Father, for your love. Your immense love, your unrelenting love that we heard this morning that would allow you to depart for a while with your son to let him endure the shame, the mockery, the disdain, the horrific crucifixion to be separated from you, to take upon him the sins of mankind. We thank you, Father. And to you, Lord Jesus, we just bow before you. We bow before you with such a spirit of thankfulness, hearts filled with gratitude and hope because you have redeemed us. You have set us free and that we will be with you now for all eternity. This world as we know it is passing But heaven is forever. And we thank you now in your precious name. Amen. These are amazing words our Savior said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And truly, he is the way. It's fascinating that the that the word our Savior chose from the Greek, the word from the Hebrew, way, is literally means a map. Have you ever been lost? Don't raise your hands. I'll raise my hand for you. And I have a blessed sense of, of, of direction, except in Los Angeles. 
There is no sun. There is no sky. You're just, you're lost. There's no east. There's no west. There's no north. There's no south. It's just this gray neon ceiling. But sometimes we get lost. And how blessed when we can find a map and the ability to read it. And you go, oh, here we are. Boom. And next thing you know, you're at your destination. Jesus, when he used the word way, was saying, I'm giving you the road map. I'm giving you the directions to the destination. And that way was authorized by his father in John 3.16. For God so loved the world. We see it everywhere. We see it in stadiums. We see it on, on freeways. We see it posted everywhere. But it is God the Father's stamp certifying his son. This is the documentation for the authority of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Is that not marvelous? John the Baptist not only prophesied, but proclaimed who he was to those around. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He didn't say, Behold Buddha. He didn't say, Behold Mohammed. He didn't say anything. He just simply looked at Jesus Christ. He said, Behold the Lamb of God. Because God the Father deemed there had to be a sacrifice that takes place for the payment of our sins. This is the Bible. This is our roadmap. This is our all. Every day I thank God for this. And the Holy Spirit, that the moment we accept Him as our Lord and Savior, He indwells us and gives us the ability to understand. If you're unsaved, and you read the Bible, I guarantee you will struggle with it. You can acquire an immense amount of head knowledge. You can become a great expert at historical facts based on the Bible. But God tells us in Corinthians, if you're truly not born again, it's simply foolishness. The Bible is what we base God's truth on. I am the way and the truth. The truth is in John 3, 3, you must be born again. He told Nicodemus that. Not once, but twice. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how you've lived your life, good, bad, or otherwise. You must be born again. People don't like to hear that those little precious babies of which one day Mr. and Mrs. Ackle will have some. I joke with them all the time. I said, I can't wait till December when the three of you come over to see us. They're not laughing. 
Oh, he is laughing. But when we're born into this world, I'm sorry, we're born with a sin nature. And if those precious little babies, and they are precious, and they are a gift from God, and they are sweetness, and then when they're sleeping, they're angelic. But I'm here to tell you that sin nature is there. And if they had the ability and you took that baby bottle away from them and they could handle a 357 Magnum, you would be no more. (laughs) Admit it. You've seen that look. There is anger. It just is. We're, We're born with it. We need to be saved. We need to be redeemed. We need to be set free. And Jesus Christ did that at Calvary. (laughs) In John 3.36, he says, He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. If the wrath of God abides on someone... It's simply because they have chosen to refuse the free gift of salvation. And here's the crux for so many. So many, they want to have a part in it. They, they want to get involved. They, they want to work their way to heaven. A few generations back, a real good term was the golden rule. I live by the golden rule. I try to do the best I can. When they stand before God in Matthew, this is what he says to those, to all, in fact, that are not truly born again, that have not been saved through what Jesus Christ did at Calvary. They said, Lord, we we did things in your name. Lord, we were in church. Lord, we gave to the poor. Lord, I've done good things. I've tried to live a good life. He says to them, Depart from me. I never knew you. And then they step into hell and judgment. It's each individual's choice to accept or to reject. And I know, I've heard the statement, I just won't leave hell alone. For a reason. It's a horrible, evil, wicked punishment that he doesn't, that he didn't design for anybody except the devil, Satan, and his demons, the fallen angels. Hell was created for them. Judgment was created for them. It was never his design for any man, any woman to perish. Eternal life he gives to us, free. It says in in Ephesians, for by grace are you saved through faith, through faith, through faith, and not of yourselves, not of yourselves, and yet they can't get it. Through faith and not of yourselves, it is a free gift of God. It's free. He's done it. What did he say? What were his last words on the cross? It is finished. And that 
and he gave up his last breath and it resounded. The creator of the universe said, it is finished and it resounded and a quake took place in respect and awe to the creator and the ground shook and the temple curtain was torn from top to bottom saying, it's finished. No more other ways to come to God. It is finished. And the sin-stained, wicked, brutal, centurion drops to his knees and says, truly, this was the Son of God. Is that not awesome? After the thief... There's the first man who accepted the free gift, the centurion. We're going to see him in heaven. Is that not wonderful? I am the way and I am the truth. When he said the word truth, here is a quote to understand what he meant By the word truth. Truth. He was, that is Jesus, the perfect expression of truth. Jesus' expression of the word truth. It had in it sincerity and integrity of character that went beyond mere ethical truth. But truth in all its fullness and scope, as embodied in him, that is Jesus, the eternal God. So when he says, I am the way, I am the truth, that is it. There is none other. This isn't a lie. This isn't a boast. This is a proclamation from the eternal God. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Oh, and what a life. It says in the beginning of the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. May this put to rest for all time the cults that try and separate God the Father from God the Son. They are not separate. One God, three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God. Stick with it. Don't let anybody tell you different. John 1.12 But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who called upon his name. And John 10.10 I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. If you know Jesus Christ this morning, 
If you have been born again, if you have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, you, and you're walking with Him, okay, and you're seeking to please Him, you are experiencing abundant life. And yet, it's just a little fraction compared to heaven. Ooh, what heaven will be. No more sin. No more Satan. No more pain. Imagine that. No more sorrow. No sorrow. The game's over. We won. It's done. Nothing but goodness and joy 24-7. I said to some of you, I just, I just love saying it. In a million years from now, when we're sitting on a bench in heaven, enjoying Jesus, this will be a distant memory. And yet, and yet, in a million years, it's not even breakfast. Forever. Forever. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and here it is. No one comes to the Father but through me. This separates Jesus Christ from all other religious people that have walked the face of the earth. Period. And the resurrection. He rose from the dead. But this condemns all of the religions. How wonderful. In John, John 5, 24, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death, spiritual death, into spiritual life. Isn't that amazing? Can there be any better hope? There is, it's such a precious word, hope. People cling to a hope in this world of something. They, they, they invest in it. They, they, they try and grasp it with all their heart in whatever it is that they're hoping for and hoping that it'll happen. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes people fall far, far short of their hopes. Not this one. This one's a guarantee. This one's paid in full. This one you have the ticket. If you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the ticket. You have a ticket to get on the ship. You've been paid for. You can't buy it, but you can ask him for one. And yet people don't want to. And yet for those who don't, First Thessalonians or Second Thessalonians one nine says, These, that is those who reject Jesus Christ, will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his power. Away from the presence of the Lord. What is the Lord? The Lord is good. The Lord is love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, uh, gentleness, faithfulness, 
all the wonderful aspects of God, none of it. It's gone. Never to see it. Never to experience it. Never to taste it. All they will be is away from the presence of God. And away from the presence of God is just horrible. Horrible. Agony. It says the gnashing of teeth. Unbearable pain constantly. And you see those big macho guys that say, I don't care, I'm living this life the way I want to live, and I'll spit in the eye of God. They won't see the eye of God until the judgment to spit in, but the minute they pass out of this life into the next one, they will be howling like a dog hit by a truck. As everyone, when they realize the horrible mistake they've made. In conclusion, this morning, this scripture again sets Christianity apart from everything else. And this is why Jesus Christ is hated so in the world and his followers. They call us arrogant. They call us mean. They call us unfair. Because we put everything else down. We don't put everything else down. We proclaim what we have and hope to make them understand that it is the only way, the truth, and the life. Period. But in their anger, they hate God. You ever watch talk shows? Somebody can call up a talk show today and mention Christianity. Next caller. Tell me I'm wrong. Call up and say, I want to discuss Muhammad. I want to discuss Buddha. I want to discuss uh, an Eastern Indian religion. I want to discuss this. I want to uh, discuss heathenism. Uh, Anything. Well, let's talk about it. Because there is no conviction in it. Christianity convicts because it's the truth. That's what it does. They can think all they want. They can come up with every invention under the sun. But God says in Proverbs, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Period. 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 And yet he desires that no one should perish, but everyone should have eternal life and spend it with him in heaven. And yet they turn their back on him. They reject him. But those of us who know him are blessed. And because of that movie this week, we are more blessed. Because we realize what it cost him. We saw with our own eyes what it cost him. A quote from someone who's enjoying their life with God. It goes this way. I arise today equipped and fortified to meet life's problems with God's strength to pilot me. God's wisdom to guide me. God's eye to look before me. God's ear to hear me. God's word to speak at me. God's hand to guard me. 
God's way of life before me. God's shield to protect me. God's host to save me. Here we are this morning. Once again, enjoying our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I implore to you this morning, if you don't know him, stop wasting a most blessed life with Christ. Let's pray. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want you to think for a moment. I want you to try and understand how much God loves you. I would like to see, for those of you who have seen the movie, I would like you to raise your hand in a moment when I ask you if this movie has changed your life with Christ. Would you raise your hand? That is simply nothing short of amazing. For those of you who have not seen the movie, I'll simply ask one more time. Please resist whatever is holding you back and go see it, Christian or non-Christian. And if there's anyone here this morning who doesn't know him, but would like to know him, would like to know more about him, would like me to pray for you, I would simply ask that you take a moment and raise your hand. And we will pray for you. Is there anyone? Anyone at all? Would you like some prayer this morning? Simply raise your hand. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again and we praise you for the life we have in you, the hope we have in you, the future we have in you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you accomplished it all at Calvary. And we, in one accord, just acknowledge our gratitude and our thankfulness to you for it. Help us to just be faithful each and every day. Help us to be good witnesses to your testimony and to the life we now have. Help us just to please you each and every day of our life for your glory. Amen.